Hey guys, welcome to episode two of As We Go podcast. Today I had my friend Dylan Snyder on and it was awesome just to hear his story, hear his perspective on a couple of different things. We talk about his background growing up and how God had sought him back in many different areas um, growing up and then how his journey continued coming to college and actually leading him to say, some pretty radical yeses and nos um, to things like your great nine to five engineering job for the sake of serving the Lord overseas. It was really cool. We also talked about movies, about humor, and we also got to talk a little bit about his new relationship. So stay tuned. Thanks for joining. Hello, everyone. Um, have a pretty special guest on today, and his name is Dylan Snyder. Nice. Uh, so I know Dylan from, well, actually, well, technically, we're on a team together now, but we met each other in freshman year in Connection Group. So, yeah, now you're back in Ames. How's that? Uh, it's pretty good. I actually enjoy Ames for the most part. <laughs> yeah, you said, so. I remember, you, I think you said it this week, and I was like, really? I, I guess I've been in Ames for like six years. So like, what do you appreciate about Ames? Um, well, I still, I would say that my church community is mostly still here, whether yeah. it's part my team, but also... I still have a decent amount of friends who are currently still living in Ames um, mm. from college, from Salt Company. So not much has changed there. A few friends have left. Um, but then also just the familiar places and, um, yeah, just the environment I really like. So. so did your friends, like, get jobs around Ames after college? Yeah, some of them, a couple of them got jobs uh, one of them is still a student, and then AJ is also on my team, so. Yeah, he's here. <laughs> huh. Do you have, like, favorite restaurants or favorite, like, places in Ames? Um, not really restaurants, but places, I mean, I, I really like the campus, or mm. rollerblading on campus specifically, oh. um, or... Some of the parks, Brookside Park, or just disc golfing at Gateway Park. Um, Have you ever gone to the other one? Yep. Yes. But just, like, not good? or. Uh, it's more, uh, I want to say, challenging or skill-based, because it's a lot more trees. Um, oh. Which isn't my, my best part of my disc golf game, is like, distance I can throw farther, but I did get a hole-in-one. At the other course, so... Wow, hole. Yeah, the first hole, but... Like, number one at Gateway? Yep. Uh, not uh, Gateway, no. The, the uh, other one. 13th Street, yep. That's... So... <laughs> wow. My, my proudest moment, I guess. Huh. But to, yeah. Yeah. I never... I've never gone to the other one. I just only know Gateway, but... I just never hear of other people going to the other one, so... 
Yeah, I would say Gateway is more popular, especially with people who don't disc golf as much, because it's just easier not like walking through the woods as much. Oh, it's sure. a little bit better kept, but sure. Yeah. Huh. Well, cool. Uh, so Dylan, tell me a little bit about like you grew up in Bettendorf. Like, you, were you born and raised there, or? So I was born in Peru, Illinois. Oh, I was like, what? I didn't know. Yeah, no, it's a small town in Illinois. Uh, I lived there until I was about four, so I don't have a whole lot of memories there. But, so my family moved to the suburbs of Chicago. And so I lived there until I was 11, about 11 and a half. Uh, My parents are from the Quad Cities, which is, uh, yeah, where Benton North is. um, Mm -hmm. Eastern Iowa, Western Illinois, on the river. Um, so yeah, we lived in the suburbs for a long time, and then we moved to the, back to the Quad Cities, Tibet North, uh, because my dad's job, or he had a job transfer to there, so we were back around family, um, and so, yeah, that's kind of where, it's, I kind of grew up in the suburbs, but also kind of grew up. In Baton North, I would think at my more formative years were in Baton North, Iowa, for sure. Uh, huh. So, that's interesting. I actually didn't know you were, you, like, grew up in suburbs of Chicago. Did, well, like, what was that like? Was it, like, Naperville? I don't even know. Uh, I know there's a lot. Yeah, it's kind of around that area. It's around Aurora, Illinois. Um, oh, Okay. So it's about as far out as you can get before you can kind of stop calling it the suburbs. <laughs> oh, sure. Um, but yeah, so what it was like, um, I mean, like I said, I was pretty young, so I didn't like, I wasn't driving around the city or anything sure. at that point, for sure. But uh, my church community, it was smaller or smaller. Um, so we had, you know, some close family friends through that. So I really like that. Um, as far as the city itself, like I said, can't remember a lot, but it was definitely busier or just more cars on the road, things like that. Um, but you said you moved at like 11 or 12? Yeah. Yeah. So in the middle of my fifth grade, or actually, sorry, the last quarter of fifth grade was, oh. it, was it in Benton North. Was um, it? Well, we, we did move to one time in the suburbs. Like, around that area, too. But Sure. But, like, going from... I mean, moving back to the Quad Cities when you were, like, 11 or 12, was that pretty tough in terms of, like, friendship-wise, restarting at a new school? Because I know, like, Anna, she moved to the Quad Cities when she was, like, in third grade. And she's, mm-hmm. like, that was actually... <laughs> she was pretty resistant to it. She'll tell you about it. But, like, it was just hard for her to, like, restart with, like, new friends and a new neighborhood. Yeah, um, like I said, I moved when I was about four to the suburbs, and then when my little brother was born, we moved to another part of the suburbs, just not too far away, but it was just, it was another move, and we were only there for two years before moving again, um, so I would say it was tough because, like, I had kind of recently had moved and had to, like, remake friends and started a new elementary school, um, and so, yeah, it was tough at first, but it was also the transition to middle school immediately after that. So it was kind of <laughs> like, 
there was a bunch of stuff going on anyways. Um, and the, like, so I, looking back, I don't remember specifically, like just the different ways it was tough, but it was definitely a, a period of transition in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Middle school can do that too. <laughs> but, so. But like at, in the middle school level though, like I would, I would say it was tough that last quarter of fifth grade at the new elementary school. But then in middle school, there were, everyone was meeting new people um, from all the different schools merging kind of oh. you know, from elementary school. So like, I didn't feel as behind in that sense anymore when, sure. I, when I went there. So That's actually a good time then. I mean, you probably had that awkward like, oh, what elementary school are you from? You're like, I'm from Illinois. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't know that school or something. <laughs> huh. Okay, so what what did you do, like, growing up? Like, what are some... Were you, like, a sports guy? Were you, like, what was your interest? Mostly sports. Um, yeah, when I was younger in the suburbs, I would play baseball and soccer. Hmm. Uh, and then when I went to Bet North Iowa, um, played basketball, um, Yep, had the same YMCA basketball team all through middle school. Mm. We were really good. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, as far as YMCA teams go. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, did cross country and tennis in middle school as well. Um, and basketball, too. Um, so, yeah. would you say, like, growing up, you were just like, oh, I like, love to be in all different types of sports, and it wasn't like, I'm basketball primary or whatever <laughs> yeah um most of my life I've always been thinner or smaller not like football not built for football or anything sure. like that uh so I think generally I was more interested in like skill sports um in the sense where you had to like it wasn't just the physical component as far as like how big you are or anything um I had an older, I have an older brother, and so there was definitely some sibling rival, rivalry there. Um, hmm. We were, I'm taller than him now, but growing up, we were about the same height, so hmm. when we, I would want to get better at basketball so that I could keep that edge. Oh. <laughs> I feel bad, but um, yeah, so he, he did cross country before me, and then I kind of followed suit. Uh, he took tennis lessons one summer, which... I that may have been that was probably a contributing factor of my interest initial interest in tennis, huh. although he didn't stay in it. Um, but I continued with that. Um, like I said, that that's like a a skilled sport. That's like like a sport I can just practice at and get good at. Um, yeah. So when you say skill sport, it like I would say it's like sports that a normal person, even if you're athletic, you can be decent at. But like. It's harder for people to pick up, kind of. So, like tennis, um, if you haven't played much at all, it's really hard at first. Mm. Versus basketball, I mean, like, it's difficult, but, um, but, I mean, that's still, like, kind of a... I would say, like, you know, I don't know. for basketball, if you're, like, fast and quick, like... Or tall, be, yeah. Or tall, you would most likely, like do well 
something like tennis, kind of like what you said, you need to really craft. There's precision involved. Precision. Yeah. yeah, that's a good word for it. So like ping pong as well. Like, I like to think I'm pretty good at, at table tennis, so. Would you say soccer is another skill sport? It is, but I'm not, I'm not good at it. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. It, it's a mix of both, you know. Same with basketball. Like, you have to be athletic, quick, and um, have that level of agility. Um, huh. But I don't think it's as precise. Well, it can be as precise, you know, at the higher levels. Um, right. Like, I, haven't pl- I only played when I was in elementary school, so. Sure. Yeah. So, like, why do you, why do you personally like the skill sports? I think I just like being, like, good or competent in things that people think are hard to be oh. competent in. Um, such as, yeah, yeah, that. It, would you say of... that's, like, your motivation for, like, going into the sport or getting better at a sport? Um, or is it more of like, I just want to learn and get better. And like, I know once I learn and get better, this will be really fun. Yeah. I think it's more of that. Um, and that plays out with other areas of my life too. Like learning a new language. It's like at first, you know, I am very interested in it because it's a whole new thing and I want to figure it out and see how it works. Hmm. Uh, or yeah, just other just random subjects. (laughs) Mm. So, yeah. I see. Uh, what was, like, your friend group, like, growing up? Was it, like, specifically, like, middle school and high school? Was it mostly, like, people who were in those sports as well? Or was it, like... Yeah, for the most part. Um, or yeah, I would think... So, my friend group in middle school were, well... Most of my friends in high school were on my tennis team. Okay. Um, that for sure. Middle school, I played in a variety of sports, so it was easy to have friends from the different sports. Uh, but I think that, like, my crowd wasn't, like, the popular one. Sure. But it wasn't, like, I don't want to say, like, the losers either. You know, it's kind of in the middle, but it was, like, like we were all good friends, and hmm. I wasn't, we weren't, like... I don't know. We were kind of, some of us were nerdy, some of us weren't, you know, it was kind of like... Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of them were, like, in, like, the same classes as me, too, so maybe that's just it, but... Is there, at Bettendorf, is there, like, the low... What's the lowest on the totem pole? (laughs) On the totem pole? I don't know. I think, well... Definitely not football or something like that. Are you talking about, like, sports, or... Or just, like... I'm trying to think my high school. It would have been... Like the Dungeons and Dragon, like clan, <laughs> like everyone's yeah, like there's maybe something. maybe in high school, which, but in see, college I, it's I'm like nerdy. totally I, different. I didn't play it then, but yeah, in college I'm like everything I, I flips. To... If you care about football, you're like, kind of like you're not a loser, but it's more cool. Yeah, to that's be a, into, like, I think that's the thing is like <laughs> in my high school you have the 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 football players were the ones who thought they were cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and then like my crowd was like. We didn't necessarily, we didn't think we were cool, but we also didn't, like, care as much. Sure. And then we weren't, like, trying to make a statement or, like, trying to be different than everyone. Mm-hmm. You were just content to have your yeah, own club. Yeah, yeah. have fun. Yeah, it's funny how that shapes. Yeah, it's just, like, 
if you care about, I don't know, Anna has this. No, I shouldn't say it, but (laughs) I think it could be, if you did come from, I was a football player, but I mean, I was totally like, oh, I'm a football player. I'm like the popular crowd and stuff like that. And then I became a Christian and then my last like senior year, Basically, the last semester of my senior year, I actually started, like, going to or just being friends with people who maybe were, like, more outcasty in the mm. high school and stuff. And I had a lot of fun doing that. But anyway, um, yeah, so what was – how did you begin to follow Jesus? You um, – I know you – we could talk about Iowa State and college and stuff, but, like, did you grow up going to, like, churches or anything? Um, what was that like? Yeah, so both of my parents are believers, and I think they became believers when, after they were married. I don't know a whole lot about their story, to be honest, but okay. from when I grew up, like, from when I was born, I was already going to church. Um, like an evangelical church, or... Yeah, um, like, non-denominational, okay. kind of, and, and, like, I learned those words before I even knew what they meant. <laughs> I still don't know what it means. <laughs> yeah, uh, same, honestly, but, uh, yeah, so, it was kind of, like, a, kind of a formality, in the, for me, is what I thought it, you know, it's just a thing we did, where we go to church every Sunday, and then, sometime in the middle of the week, my parents would go to their small group, Oh. that night and so I'd hang out with the other kids then um so it was kind of like at that age for me like I learned I like learned this knowledge and like have this you know things poured into me but I wasn't really connecting it or just it didn't feel like a huge need in my life hmm. I would go to church and or hang out with the kids during small group time is more of like a social thing mm-hmm um, yeah, and so, you know, if you asked me then, I would have said I'm a Christian, and, and I, I do think I believed in God. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing was, like, I wasn't necessarily living as Jesus, like, putting Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I knew all the, the answers, like, if you'd ask me, you know, like, who was Jesus? I'd be like, oh, he died for my sins on the cross. Sure. Or, and I, I knew all the stories, but yeah, I would say it wasn't until high school at some point, um, one of the youth group, uh, retreats, that's when, I don't even remember what the specific message is about, but yeah, I just remember feeling the weight of my sin, hmm. um, during like the prayer time at the end and just kind of realizing that like I hadn't been serving like, Jesus, I hadn't been, mm. he wasn't the Lord of my life, it was kind of like a, uh, I was kind of using God as a way to escape hell, you know, kind yeah. of, like, I would remember praying, like, at night, you know, before that, before I was saved, praying things like, oh, keep my family safe, like, you know, just, just those benefits, mm-hmm. um, but not actually, like, pursuing him at all, um, so, yeah. you, you were in high school? Uh, yeah, early high school. I was baptized my sophomore year okay. of high school. And how did your life, like, after that day and after your baptism, what was, like, different or... 
Um, not much actually changed right away. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, I, I would say I definitely began to grow in, like, my faith and, like, um, in my understanding of God. Mm-hmm. But, like, I wasn't, you know, practicing spiritual disciplines or anything. I was a high schooler, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so it wasn't until, so the year after, uh, so my junior year, um, I had kind of an unofficial relationship with a girl, and we broke up, and then about a month later is when my parents got divorced. You were, how, like, what? So that was junior year. That oh, was high like, school. Yeah, Christmas break of junior year. Um, <laughs> Wait. They, was, they waited until after Christmas to tell us. Um, That's when my parents split up. Nice. Like, December, <laughs> it was like December 23rd or 21st, my junior year. Oh, wow. That's, that's trippy. They didn't wait before Christmas, so Christmas mm. was a little awkward. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I bet. Um, so yeah, that, and also, uh, my grandfather on my mom's side passed away that, like, right before New Year's Eve. Um, so it was all these, and like, I wasn't actually that close to him, but it was just, you know, like, things piled on top of each other. Yeah. And so, while I wouldn't say I, like, actively rebelled against God, it was definitely a, uh, like, a struggle, and mm-hmm. where I just kind of stopped going to youth group in church, um, yeah, and it just kind of, like, my faith just kind of dried up then, and, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I think maybe it was that... Some at some point I don't remember. If, I still went to like the youth group summer camp there. I don't remember exactly when, but at some point I kind of felt like called back mm-hmm. um, to God, and so yeah, started you know going back to youth group, back to church, the small group time with some guys, um, and yeah, I think that was a, that was a good kind of growing period. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I still like. I would think I would say that like my biggest like growth wasn't really until college for sure. Hmm. Um, one question before um, going into college, but like when you say you were like brought back, was it like you felt? I imagine you had like a lot of issues and like things with God, with like the divorce and like your grandpa and just like the things that stacked up on each other. Was it a matter of like? you were turning back to God and, like, addressing those things, or was it just, like... Not really. I think it's more of, like, the sting of a lot of those things kind of mm. started to wear off. I mean, it's, you know, it's an area of hurt, so it's still hurt, but... Uh, or area of brokenness, sorry. But, yeah, I I don't... I can't remember anything specific, like a specific calling or someone inviting me... Um, I'm, I'm imagining that that's what happened is that someone specifically asked me, mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, it's kind of started going back to youth group or other things. A lot of my, not a lot, a few of my friends were in, like, from my youth group, and so okay. there's also some social or community, mm-hmm. um, draw there as well. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's a defense mechanism, but there's actually a lot that I don't remember from 
that kind of period as far as like specifically like how I felt and stuff. Uh, I think it's a mix of yeah, kind of kind of shutting down in some sense or just detaching. Yep. Which as an Enneagram five, that's very easy for me to do. <laughs> not easy, but not anymore. I've grown through it a little bit. But huh. yeah, so there's a lot that I can't remember specifically. Is it like if you're Enneagram five, is it like if you're stressed out, you, like, detach or grow apathetic or... Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's just, like, I just don't want to worry about it, so then I'll just... Won't. Oh, sure. <laughs> so, but it's still there, and then eventually I have to confront things, you know? Okay. Um, that makes sense. Like, yeah, so, like, I... While some people may have, like, a stress that keeps them, like, up at night, this is the phrase, or, like, where they can't sleep because they're, like, worried about something, for me, I found it... Easy, easy to like kind of say okay i can't do anything about this right now mm. so i'm just going to forget about it oh sure okay hmm yeah i will say this is just a preface but like out of all the enneagram types i probably misunderstand fives the most i feel mm. like i just like i read about them like i'm very far from that <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing is, like, we, most fives won't share things about themselves unless you specifically ask them about it. Huh. So it's often that you don't know a lot about a five. Unless you, you're and, specific. Yeah, yeah. So Have you had, this is kind of an offshoot. I swear we'll get to college, but, like. <laughs> well, that's fine. Have you, who's, like, been the friend to, like, ask you the questions the most? Do you know what I mean? Like, will ask me specific questions? Well, yeah, ask the specific questions to, like, get you to open up. You could say... I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Okay. Like, my high school friends actually weren't that intentional as okay. far as... It, we just had a lot of shared interests, and I think that I just grew a lot more in that region a little bit, and even more so recently, but... So, like, when I was in college, like, my connection group, we... It was just a place I just felt more comfortable in... Those things were just kind of slowly brought out. In addition to every now and then, like, an intentional question was be asked. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's move on to college then. Um, so you chose Iowa State. Uh, tell me a little bit more. Like, why Iowa State? What did you study? Um, what was your, like, at least initial experience going in? Um, so in high school, I took a lot of, I was gifted in math and science. And so, you know, I was always told and kind of expected my career to be that of an engineer. Who told you that? The parents, teachers. Um, and to be honest, there were some engineering classes in high school that I took that I really enjoyed. Okay. Although, while the general idea was engineering, it's a lot different, um, and I'll go back to college in a second. But, like, so some of the... I took a class called Engineering Problems where it's just the teacher would give us some sort of task or problem and we had to think of creative ways to solve it. So whether... And it was a lot of hands-on. So, like, a cardboard boat race is what we had at the end of the year or building a mousetrap car, things like that, which are really fun. Mm-hmm. But engineering is a lot more specific than that, as I would later find out in, when I, in my career. But... So I wanted to study engineering, and 
But I wasn't entirely sure what type. Mm. Uh, so, in high school, like, I, I looked at a couple places, but ultimately I was mostly lazy when it came to it in high school. Um, so, kind of just decided on Iowa State because it was an engineering school that was in-state and yeah, it just seemed more convenient, a little bit cheaper. Was it the proximity from home, like, a factor at all? Like, get Not away really. for a bit? Okay. Uh, maybe, like, if it was, like, really far away, probably a bit better problem. But like I said, I was kind of a little lazy in my research sure. for, for engineering and, like, lazy in applying for, like, scholarships and things. Uh, so in the end, it was just, Yeah. I think if I had a more, like, if I had a deeper passion for engineering or a specific type, I would have been drawn to, like, look into that more. Um, but, like I said, because I hadn't decided, mm-hmm. I uh, enrolled into undeclared engineering at Iowa State. Okay. And did you end up, like, specifying, like, later on? Yep, I ended up choosing materials engineering. Mm-hmm. Um that's like a mix of chemical and mechanical in the sense where you're making the stuff that's used in the other stuff. So like specifically I, I, my focus was metals. And so it's like looking at the molecular level, how to change the structure of the atoms to give different properties. Um, wow. so it's very, yeah, like it said, it's very specific and you know, I didn't actually enjoy it too much towards the end. Uh, well, yeah, uh, my initial draw to it was because I thought it was unique and cool because <laughs> they had some demonstrations at mm-hmm. Iowa State, um, but yeah, um, now I don't use it whatsoever, so. Huh. What, like, petered you out at the end? Was it just like, I'm tired of chemistry? Because that would be me. Like, why didn't, like, or like, like lost like, interest? Yeah. Um... Not necessarily that, because I actually like chemistry, but I think it's just more, like, it was more theory than, I mean, it is practical, because, like, you do learn about how to make these different materials, but I think I'm more of a, like, let's build an object, or, like, a machine kind of person, Mm -hmm. while this was more of, like, let's create something new to, to make those machines and things better. Hmm. Okay. So it's a lot of it's a lot of research focus, which wasn't. Yeah, and at the time I didn't know what I'd want to switch to. I think looking back, I would have switched to like mechanical engineering because it's a little bit more like well rounded and mm-hmm. you can do different things with it. Um, but at the time, I was like, I just decided to stick it out. So yeah. Huh. Fair enough. Um. Other than that, like. How was, what did you think of Iowa State? How were your four years? I really enjoyed my time at Iowa State. Um, hmm. uh, joined Salt Company second semester of freshman year. That's where I met you. Yep. Um, I think we actually met, I think we did intramural flag football together. Because Calvin, our, my, one of my roommates, Calvin, first semester of freshman year was in Blake's connection group yeah yeah. oh yeah it was just calvin and then did you jump on later yeah so and you weren't in a connection group before that correct so i my first semester iowa state um 
it was fun but difficult, um, especially with, in my spiritual walk. So because of overcrowding in my late um, application for Iowa State, I was put in a, a den for my housing. So that's like a, normally it's a common area on the floor. But they turn it into like a yeah. dorm. Yeah, oh, so instead of just, I didn't know that. instead of just having one other roommate, there were four of us. But it was a big room, and we actually had more room relative to other dorms. Um, so it was a lot of fun because we had a lot of foot tra- traffic, and it came like with a TV already. And so <laughs> we had a lot of space, and people would come in, and we'd just play video games and hang out. Um, so two of my roommates were also from the suburbs area, and they were both in a frat. And... They, yeah, they are not believers. <laughs> hmm. uh, and then my other roommate was a believer, um, although he was, he came from a sheltered, like, homeschooled on a farm, <laughs> Iowa. Yeah. So it was... He wanted the college experience coming in, right? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was difficult for him, for sure. Um, and then for me, well, so... It was easy to kind of pick on him, you know, kind of oh, like sheltered, see these, yeah. See these differences, and so like my roommates were quick to do that. Especially, he started going to salt like right away, and then he came back really excited about it. And oh. my roommates kind of made made fun of him, and so Oof. you know, I think it in me, I'm like, I don't want to experience, I don't want to go through that. Mm. So it was easier for me to kind of like jump on that wagon, not not making fun of him for his faith. But it was, you know, it wasn't the most respectable, sure, respectful way of treating him. So, yeah, so freshman year, um, yeah, I kind of just was not, or first semester, I did not, like, I wasn't plugged into a church. You weren't pursuing it. No, it was, Hmm. yeah. Um, So, what won you back? Or like what? Yeah, so sec- the second semester we had to move out of the den because there was more space available. So I stayed on that floor and moved into an open uh, spot in a room. And my other, the Christian roommate also did that as well while the other two guys moved into their frat house. Oh. Um, and so that semester my roommate asked, invited me to go uh, to Salt Company. And so I said, sure. <laughs> Uh, I think at that time, because, like, my my new roommate wasn't, was very quiet, and, like, I barely spoke to him, to be honest. Uh, So, I think there was kind of, like, a missing community aspect there as well, and it was kind of, like... You didn't speak to Calvin much? No, my other, my my new roommate, second semester. Calvin, my old roommate, he lived on the floor, so, sorry. Oh, you didn't live with him? No, no. Oh, okay. So, we we lived down the hall, so he invited me, and so I went... Um, and again, I don't know what the pat, what the message was that night, but it was like the deadline to sign up for the first spring conference, uh, mm. Salt Spring Conference. And for some reason I just, like that night was just convicting because I, you know, realized like, oh, I had, I had not been living for Jesus and right. had, yeah, just been pursuing worldly things at that point. Mm. And so I just felt that calling back and I was like, well... There's a spring conference, but I don't know anyone other than the few people that I had met through Calvin a couple times. Um, but, you know, so I just kind of took that leap of faith inside of that night, uh, which is really good because then at the spring conference, we stayed at 
You stayed at that Logan's same house, house as Logan's house, yeah. Yeah. So it was suddenly I was there with like a bunch of guys. Uh, that was wild. Yeah, and it was a big kind of a big connection group, and like. Did you wrestle at all? No, no, no. Okay, so <laughs> I watched the other. I was there. We were probably in this basement, and this is like some respectable like suburban house. And then, like, Dylan's friend Calvin, who's, like, a former wrestler. He's probably, like, 200 pounds. And then our connection group leader, who's, like, probably 235, start wrestling in this, like, downstairs, like, I don't know if it was, like, a living room or something. But I just remember lamps and, like, (laughs) chairs getting thrown over. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is nuts. Anyway, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I remember. (laughs) Because, okay. like I said, I suddenly went from not knowing anyone to, like, to being in that <laughs> house around people. Um, yeah, and I definitely struggled with, like, like those friend circles had already kind of been formed, too. Mm, yeah. So, like, while I didn't feel like I was really be able to kind of fully enter into that, um, it was still good to be around that community again. Hmm. Um, yeah, we had, like... I don't know, I feel like... 20 guys, at least. 20 guys, and I feel like 10, at least 10, or a, a majority of them, or a huge amount of them became SALT leaders in mm-hmm. different areas. Uh, Which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, there's, like, other people on staff, and yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so it was, a, it was a connection group with good people. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. kind of a... That was, like, the first time I was around peers who were actually, like, intentional... You know, like I said, my friends in high school, we went to youth group and we were believers, but outside of that, we weren't very intentional. We weren't asking these question, good questions or... Yeah. I think it's just... Which is common, but... Yeah. Like, college is just a different level um, in terms of, like, intentionality or just, like, maturity. Yeah. Really yeah. is what it is. Huh. But it was also, yeah, vastly different than my roommate experience first semester. Mm. So, yeah, that's kind of how I got started in SALT. Um... And, yeah, you became a leader. You first saw... Yeah, so uh, sophomore year. I um, guess, here's how I preface this. It's like, boom, you're going to SALT, you're plugged in freshman year, second semester. And then, now you're like, I want to live for uh, Christ overseas. Like, (laughs) how did you, like, get from... I'm going to sign up for the spring conference all the way to like leadership to like radical obedience. Yeah. I still question that myself. (laughs) Um, yeah. Sophomore year, I brought my roommate that time as a different guy, um, to the salt kickoff and cause I wanted him to be plugged in. Um, and so we wanted to join a new connection group. Um, yeah, just be, I and specifically I wanted him to be able to go, so we picked, we tried to find a group that would work for his schedule, okay. um, and so walked up to this guy who I later met as AJ, <laughs> and so AJ and Eric Johnson were co-leaders, um, and yeah, so that year while my roommate kind of just couldn't go to the connection group um, for various reasons. That's where I met all of my, you know, my friends, pretty much. Like, your um, close friends throughout, like... Yeah, college. yep. They live... Because we lived in the same building, and we had a lot of similar interests. On campus? 
yeah, so we lived in, well, not AJ, but we lived in Birch. Um, oh, you came back and lived in Birch. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, and, you know, it was, just, it was a lot of fun um, that year, and, like, I, yeah, I was growing, grew in my faith that year for sure, and felt led, um, which I don't, I, I kind of felt that desire to be a student leader at the end of freshman year. Okay. But I also felt that I hadn't, like, spent as much time in, like, the connection group community um, to be that leader, which that's probably wasn't true. But anyway, so at the end of, it was, my desire was to be a student leader. And so, sure. yeah, just at the end of the sophomore year is when I applied, and that's how I kind of got into SALT leadership. And that's when you led with AJ. Yes. Because, Going into your junior year. It, yeah, so Eric Johnson had a new new leader, so then... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so AJ um, was kind of... He needed a new, lead, new co-leader. And so, yep, we led... Basically, it was almost the exact same connection group, the same guys from my oh. previous year. So it wasn't like... there. I don't remember if there were a whole lot of new people, if at all. <laughs> but you had a lot of turnover in terms of, like... We've established yeah, this relationship. Yeah. We have a lot of investment. It was in mostly because we all lived with each other, too. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, so as far as getting into overseas stuff, um, never thought about going overseas. <laughs> until? <laughs> until a leaders meeting that fall, uh, junior year, they advertised their overseas um, trips. And I like kind of marked down the box that I was interested in learning more. But, like, it even wasn't, like, that serious of a consideration, kind of. Hmm. Um, yeah, and then it just kind of, um, you know, like, I had not gotten, like, an internship or, like, hmm. offers through the engineering. Like, we do, there's a career fair sure. every fall and spring. And so I think after that fall career fair, like, there was just nothing that was panning out. And I was like, well, maybe... Yeah, maybe God wants me to serve a summer, you know, mm. for him. Yeah. And, yeah. And so, like, while when I, like, kind of made that decision to apply for leadership, or not leadership, to apply to go overseas, um, the next day, <laughs> I remember getting, like, it was the same day, I got two calls from two different companies, like, wanting interviews. And so... Wow. So, some conflicting, you know, signs there, right? Uh, so, the first company would have been in Muscatine, which is close to Bettendorf. Yeah. And they, yeah, they had me come down for an interview there. Um, and it went really well. Like, mm. like I really liked it. really liked them. Um, they really liked me. <laughs> and, yeah, the other one went well, too, but I didn't hear back from them. But that one would have been a co-op, so it was, like, a spring in the summer. summer yeah. is what it would have been. At the same time, like you know, starting my junior year in materials engineering. And this is when I was kind of losing that interest in that major. Mm-hmm. And so at the time it sounded good. It was like, well, maybe I can get out there and get some work experience. And, you know, and it wouldn't be like theoretical anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It would be kind of a break from classes. Yeah. And totally. Um, yeah. Good experience. Um, but yeah, I just remember like thinking like, well, I'd also don't have, I won't have as many opportunities 
in the future to like spend the summer overseas mm. um and yeah like i've heard you know good things about other people who went um the experiences they had um so yeah uh i think i think we had the salt fall retreat before that and basically the the message that stuck out to me was matthew six thirty three, and it's talking about seeking first the kingdom of god Mm-hmm. and yeah and so that kind of stuck out to me i was like okay you know i think that like while this other opportunity is great um yeah i was like i was like definitely leaning towards mm-hmm. um yeah going overseas so uh here's the thing too after the interview at that one place they said they would get back to me in a couple of weeks like two to three weeks um and let me know if i got the offer or not so they actually got back to me like that friday or the next week and they gave me an offer uh-huh. and then i think that i think that was right before the fall retreat so and i still had yet to have my overseas interview <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. so anyways so basically i ended up turning them down before even before the interview and so like before the overseas interview and then had the overseas interview and i'm sure that was probably a a good factor for them sending me, but... Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. I mean, you kind of had to, like, come to yourself and say, what do I want? Like, do I yeah, want to... Yeah, yeah. And they pointed out at that interview, they're like, at the overseas interview, they're like, well, like, you are you are normally a really, like, logical person, and, like, but they're like, you chose this, which, you know, in the eyes of of the world is completely irrational totally like like why would you give up you know getting paid getting work experience for something you have to like support race for and go overseas and you know so they're like so that was obviously like very counter characteristic of me (laughs) characteristic and so that was like i think it's just evidence that like of the holy spirit's you know and work in me right like he's influenced your desires or your priorities. Yeah. Yep. Mm. And while I do admit that, like, my initial, like, I wasn't super, like, passionate about, like, proclaiming the gospel to the lost or the unsaved, or, like, the people who haven't even heard it, like, that wasn't, like, my specific desire at that time, mm-hmm. but it was, like, kind of general, you know, like, wanting to serve God and wanting to, yeah, to build his kingdom in different ways, but... Right, like, here I am, use me. Yeah. Huh. Wow, that's really cool. Like, yeah, everything lined up to the point of, like, this seems totally foolish. Like, you have this offer, and, like, your career is on set. If you, let's say you finished in engineering, like, you're getting maybe not six figures, but, like, you're up there in terms mm-hmm. of salary. And Yeah, and, like, that place was also interested in... Like, long-term people. Like, you know, like, you do the co-op, and then you finish up school, and then come back and work for them. So it wasn't, like, it wasn't a guaranteed job at all, but... I mean, it was... It was, like, that's what they were interested in looking for, so... When you made that decision then, did you know just, like, how significant that would really be? No, I mean, like, I didn't think I would stay overseas at that at that very moment. I didn't... Sure. wasn't thinking, like, long-term missionary work, but... Um, yeah, I, I think in the back of my mind, I just thought that I'd be able to get another more experience somewhere else, like a co-op the following year, and then, 
or just maybe just go straight into the workforce. Wow. But here you are. Not yes. an engineer. <laughs> yep. And you're stranded <laughs> as your job now. But mm-hmm. No, that's really cool. I didn't know all of that. And yeah, I think it's just like your conviction shown through, which is cool. Um, well, cool. Uh, so you went overseas. You went to Southeast Asia. Uh, you went over the first time with a lot of people we know, mm-hmm. like mutual friends and stuff. And then you decided to go back and do at least two years and then whatever. So, like, what uh, what was, like, what was your experience like? And then what made you, like, I want to double down and come back to hmm. this? Yeah, I think, my, so my experience overall was really good. Um, I really enjoyed the, the yeah, just the different pace of life too at the time i mean when you're on a summer team it's also very fast-paced very <laughs> yeah. adventurous um but i kind of liked that because it, it didn't feel boring you know and then then i got to meet a lot of people who had never even heard of jesus before mm-hmm. and um while it was still really scary the first time i like shared with them you know kind of once i get over that that first initial like hill it's like, you know, it just brings, it brings a lot of joy because that's, you know, that's our, like, purpose as mm. humans. And, yeah, so I just really enjoyed that, um, sharing the gospel with people. And then on my summer trip, we had tutoring for the local language, and I felt gifted in that sense. Um, I've always been able to pick up things pretty easily, mm. that, like, academically. And like I said, my... A lot of that's because I have interest in how things work, and so it was a new language, completely different than English, and so. So, like, grammatically, does that, like, appeal to you, just figuring out, like, patterns and... Yeah, yeah, I have a pretty good memory when it comes to, like, academic things, and so just being able to, like, recall things when I needed it. Um, Yeah, and again, it was was a lot more practical at at the moment than engineering where oh, I'm like totally I'm not you you really don't walk around and tell people about you know the different melting points of steel <laughs> right but while if you learn a language then it's like you're actually using it mm-hmm. um, or you can see it so maybe it's just more results driven but mm-hmm. but yeah so overall it was a really good I really enjoyed my time that summer um and coming out of it um I already knew AJ had switched to IFC, so I would have to, basically, I, I would need a new co-leader if I stayed as a salt leader. Mm. Um, but then coming out of it, I was like, well, what would it look like to, you know, go back overseas longer term? Mm-hmm. Um, because one, I really enjoyed it when I was not enjoying my major. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt gifted in different ways, um, like mm. language and, yeah, just like having the courage to, like, share the gospel with people. Totally. Uh, and then I felt available where I was like, there was nothing really tying me down too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, uh, like one of the first emails that I read when I got back was from Eric Warren about IFC cause they're needing IFC leaders. Um, and it had been something I was considering already. Um, mm. and so yeah, I attended a family group 
which was not a normal family group because there were not many international students there. Oh, it was okay. almost all Americans. But uh, anyways, yeah, so I just felt led to kind of make that switch um, just because all the opportunities. And it's, if it's something I was considering doing long term, I thought just makes sense. doing international ministry uh, in the States is a good starting spot. So, so you... So you jumped on leadership for IFC your senior year. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was interesting video call with Eric too because I already made up my mind to make the switch and he didn't know that, <laughs> so oh. he thought he was going to be like doing persuading me and things. Yep. Uh, so then I told him on the call, I was like, "Yeah, I'm interested," and mm. then he just kind of didn't know what to say after that. He's like, "Oh, uh, okay, I guess I, he, he was expecting to me to kind of take time to think about it and think, yeah, but yeah. I had already kind of." You made up your mind. Yeah, I'd already kind of thought about it, so. But, yeah, I, I guess we started IFC ministry the same time, because I joined on my senior year, okay. too. Um, kind of wrote, it was the same thing where he was like, hey, I need more guy leaders, and I was like, well, I know I'm, like, gifted, and mm-hmm. I've had, I mean, long story short, I had some leaning toward international students just in the past year, and I was like, well, maybe I should, and if the church has a need like i should jump in but no that's cool um so when did you when did you leave for your two years was it spring 20 it would be the summer of 2018 so i graduated in the spring of 2018 then... oh and then you head over yeah. that summer yeah okay that makes sense that makes sense okay well cool um nice to have that background um so that was all like college and ministry and stuff like that. Um, now I wanted to get into a little more of just like some personality stuff. Mm. Um, if that's cool. Um, oh, actually, one more thing before uh, we jump into the personality stuff. Uh, do you think there's anything people need to understand about cross-cultural ministry before like jumping in? You mean in the States or like um, going overseas? Overseas. Let's say you have like a college student who's like, hey, I'm interested in going or serving overseas. Like, what would you like suggest or tell them? <laughs> well, I definitely tell them to do it for sure. Um, as far as things that people need to understand, I would say, I mean, they need to understand that people think differently than Americans. Mm. Um there obviously you have the whole worldview, which is a whole entire new, you know, different discussion. But just in general, like you can't, um, you can't just interpret what people think in your own way of thinking. Like I don't mm. know if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, and like, I would encourage everyone to go overseas, um, specifically. I mean, obviously to share the gospel with people because that's, I it think that's what end. we're supposed to do. Yeah. But also, I think it's really helpful for them personally to get out of that bubble of where they are and just to just to learn more about what how the world works outside of that. Um, like the context you grew different, up in. Yeah, different cultures. Because like, uh, in like a few different books we've had to read about like cultural, um, or... yeah, cultural things you. They use the analogy like a fish in water doesn't realize it's oh, in water. I love this analogy. <laughs> yeah, so like, and that's one of the things is like after people come back from the, their trip, they realize all these things about where they've been 
that they never noticed before. Um, well, sometimes, you know, it's a struggle, but, like, I think it's very important and very good. It gives you just a new perspective on a lot of things, so. No, that's, that's great. I, I really appreciate kind of, like, what you said there, because for me, it's kind of like you go overseas, and you have new filters to think through a little bit. I mean, it's limited Mm -hmm. because it's not your own. You're, whatever, just trying to absorb another culture and how they see and think about things. And it's not going to be perfect, but you get a little sense. And for me, like when I came back to the States, I started asking a lot more questions about our country. And that actually prompted me to like, I want to go to Washington, D.C. and Mm. like go to all the statues, all the historical sites. And then like, how did we get here as a country? Why do we think this way? Like, why do we, why are these virtues or these like policies or whatever it be? Yeah. One of them, just because of the Southeast Asian context, like me and you both experienced was like freedom of speech. Like why, why did we in our country like determine this is sacred? Like you cannot infringe upon this. Mm-hmm. Whereas other countries might be like, no, like that could be bad or you know it just yeah yeah it turns out differently yeah and i want to make a note that like yeah those are all benefits but again like if you're doing a missions trip your your goal should be to build the kingdom and to share the gospel totally like it shouldn't be focused on yourself you know yep so yeah yeah no that's good um yeah so going into some personality stuff uh you're a pretty big movie buff, right? Yeah, sure. Okay, <laughs> I I would say you yeah. are. Um, were you like a movie watcher growing up, or was there like a certain movie that like really movie or movies that really captured like interests and kind of like carried that on? Or um, yeah, I definitely grew up watching movies. Um, I would say. I'm very interested in, like, franchises or, like, movies with long plots and plot development, specifically. Um, so, like... I do enjoy themes, too, but I like the, the more of the story component, too. Okay. Um, so, specifically, when I, gr- I grew up watching Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. Um, like, I remember seeing those in theaters, and so... You saw Lord of the Rings in theaters? Yep, I saw Return of the King in theaters in third grade... Like how much did your seven-year-old mind understand? Oh, I mean, time? it's like there are a lot of there are a lot of themes in that that I didn't realize at the time. Yeah, you know? and it's like, uh, yeah. So I guess enjoyed it for the action and like when I was so when I lived in the suburbs, we go to the Quad Cities to visit family at my grandma's house. She had Star Wars, the original trilogy, mm. on VHS, and so I just remember with my older brother, we'd always as kids we'd just watch that in the basement of my grandma's house. Yep. And it's like, I, at the time, I wasn't comprehending a lot of the dialogue or what was happening. Just but it was the like, lasers and the... Yeah, just the, guys with lightsabers yep. and the Force. And, so, yeah, I think those were, that's where like my initial interest in movies came from. Do you... Those kind of... Quick note on the Star Wars. Did you start the Star Wars series with the original? Yeah. Like, that was yeah. your first... Okay, so Yeah, you, I mean, like... You did it right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I saw it before... The Phantom Menace came out. It was like what nineteen ninety nine or something. Um, yeah. But so that was when they rebooted it or get the prequels. 
But I definitely saw the original trilogy before I saw the um, prequel trilogy. See, I I started with the Phantom Menace. Oh, okay. And I saw, you know, it just has yeah, the yeah. epic, like, Darth Maul, like, two lightsaber thing. And I'm like, this is awesome. And then I went to the original trilogy re- recently, and then I just see, like, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader just, like, slacking yeah. <laughs> sticks together or something. I was like, what is this? Like, this is not... We're the flips. We're the... Yeah. So. But yeah, I would say, like, that's what sparked my initial interest in movies. And then um, my friends in high school, we like to quote movies. Specifically Spongebob. That's not a movie, but it's a TV show. Yeah. Uh, And so I've, yeah, I've always had this interest in... Just like... Yeah, there's a lot of nuances that you can use from, like, quoting movies or... Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a matter of like capturing a social moment or something, and you're just like, yeah, definitely. So talk about. Uh, your sense of humor, like, where did you get it? Like, was it just based on, like, movie quotes and stuff, or? <laughs> uh, I think the movies are definitely formative in my sense of humor. Yeah. Um, yeah, so whether it's, like, yeah, quoting Spongebob with friends, that was just more of, like, in high school, nostalgia, like, remembering these quotes, and at the time, they weren't as funny, you know, when I watch Spongebob, but they're just funny now for some reason. Yeah. I think those are, movie quotes are an easy way to connect with people, um, because you mm. could have these shared experience. You could have completely different people. Um, if you, like, yeah, those quotes are kind of ways to connect, but... It's kind of like an inside joke, almost. Yeah, pretty much, and I'm, yeah. So, a lot of my, so my, my sense of humor, I feel like, is witty and sarcastic. Yeah, I really like it. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Uh, and I don't know if it was... I think it's because, like, I've never been the upfront kind of class clown kind of person. Mm, yeah. Um, or I just don't like a lot of attention. And so I'm more of a fan of just, like, the quick comment that's, like... Yep. The sly, clever, whatever comments in there. Um, and you're not even, like, in the... You're not asking for a laugh. You're just, like... I'm gonna slide this in because it's relevant. And yeah, yeah. Kind anyone, of. If someone laughs great. If no one does, like, I'm still glad I said it. At least yeah. that's how I. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would say, yeah, movies have definitely kind of affected that too. Um, just the ways that I've like you know grew up seeing people kind of make these funny comments in movies, and then it just kind of plays out, whatever. I would also say like meme culture really just like launch because of that kind of like that style of oh yeah taking a situation and whether it's a gif or whatever like just using a perfect movie quote or something yeah and like you mentioned inside jokes like how it's almost like an inside joke you know these quotes um yeah and i feel like a lot of my humor kind of comes from that like the more i know a person the more shared experience that i have and even if it wasn't like, like something that shared experience that isn't even that funny or relevant at the time it's just easier to kind of build off of what's already there uh 
I will yeah. say there are times. So you and AJ have a pretty long relationship. There are times it'll probably be like fifteen minutes and be like, I have no idea what Dylan or AJ are <laughs> talking about or riffing off of because they're so, like it's so deep or whatever. And yeah, well, because so we have obviously a lot of shared experiences, and then not just movies, but there's also a bunch of different YouTube videos we've all seen, <laughs> and so there's just a lot to reference and. We're also kind of, I feel like we're fans of just kind of ridiculous scenarios. Um, or just randomness, too, is what I should say. Uh, okay. Like, I think in high, high school, one of my favorite movies is Monty Python, The Holy Grail. And there's oh. a lot of just random things that happens in that. Um, it's not, like, cinematic greatness. No, it's, it's, just... it's like, it's dry. Or, like, there's a lot of just random humor. Just Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I think that was, like, one of the big movie that affected my sense of humor and so like with aj it'll be like we'll say something and then we'll reference one thing and then he'll it's reference just like, something on top of that and it's like builds and builds and soon you're in this kind of like a youtube hole of yeah <laughs> it's yes it's very interesting so i i can't imagine what it feels like to be outside of that and looking in because it's like well i guess i can't but it's 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 probably just seems chaotic and like what what is going on uh-huh sure is there like do you guys watch the same youtubers then and just like um me and aj both watch like i don't people talk about movies that's like yeah i don't necessarily follow many youtubers i say more recently we watch we do watch this one about this guy who makes sausage <laughs> out of weird things yeah. um so we do reference that too but uh yeah i think it's more of not necessarily YouTubers, but if we, like, see a funny video that, or a video that's, like, relevant and some sort of interest that we have, whether it's video games or other movies, we, like, share it with each other, and, well, like, now it's just another thing we have in our heads that we're able to, like, to reference at some point, so. Sure, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. A lot of this, like I said, starts with, like, Spongebob, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah. So... Which, I mean, to try and, if someone's like, oh, I'm going to try and, like, learn the Spongebob stuff now. It's, yeah. It's really dated. Yeah. It'd be hard. It so. would be. Um, okay. And this kind of leads into my next question. Uh, what's the best way, like, someone uh, can grow in, like, deep friendship with you? Is it a matter of, like having conversations experiences or like shared interests yeah so i think um my love language is time spent or like time whatever spending time yeah i haven't read the book i just kind of know about it <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> but yes i would say not even necessarily conversations but doing things together um like our connection group sophomore year like where I first became friends with AJ, a lot of that was based around just playing video games together. Mm-hmm. And you're able to talk. We're doing something with our hands. A lot of things that, a lot of ways, it's often um, easy for guys to talk through. It's like when they're just doing something and talking alongside of it. Yeah. So video games are a good way of that, or watching mo- new movies together, or even old ones too. Um, so yeah, for other people, I would say, yeah, intentionally, like spending time. Um, yeah, when there's, like, a big group invite, 
I like to be invited to, to things, but I won't often say yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's a Enneagram 5 trait is like... Huh. Not, maybe not even so that as much, but one of the personality tests we had to take when we joined the team in that it talks about, it talks about your social energy. And so I have a low social energy, meaning that like oh. a lot of those things, like I want to be invited to, so I don't feel left out, but I, it wouldn't be surprising for me to turn those things down because Enneagram five tries to protect their amount of energy basically is how that works. Oh yeah, actually, I do remember reading about that in fives. Like, do you like, do you have this metaphoric bar in your head? Pretty much, yeah. It's like really, my, my energy is limited, and so, like, when I'm like scheduling things, like I know I can, you know, like do more in a day than I than I want to do. <laughs> but sure. like, I have to like fight this urge of like my like initial thinking would be like oh i can't do that because i'm doing this earlier in the day or like oh yeah so but like for hanging out with close friends like that's not actually that doesn't take up much energy though you know it's not consuming my energy so if it's like a group of my college friends hanging out with them versus hanging out with new people i mean like like our team most of the people i like i know about half of them pretty well and the other half i don't so it's like it's that one's a little bit more energy consuming than hanging out with friends I've known for a very long time. Okay. So yes, you have if you like group invites are good, but I would tell people to more specifically like individually reach out. Um, mm. A good example of that is like a month ago, um, our other friend Jacob invited people in a group big group chat to play cricket with him and some Indian guys on campus. Yep. Uh, I didn't respond to it because I was like, okay, well, other people probably going too, and not really a big need. But then when I saw him later that day in person, he specifically asked me. Oh. And I was like, sure, yeah, I'll go. And it, it was also even, it kind of sounds selfish, but there was no one else going, so it was kind of even, like, more special because it was like, oh, okay, like, huh. like, he's taking time to, like, ask me, and then... Yeah. So all that to say, you're passive in group chats. It depends on the <laughs> chat for sure. <laughs> we, yeah, there. I've been part of many group me's that have just been dominated by memes and gifs and. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I would say, in like our team chats, for the most part, every now and then I'll put in a, a humorous comment. But yeah, yeah, I'm definitely on the, the passive side. Okay. I mean, it's, it is what it is, but yeah. that's good for me to know, because, like... Yeah, or, like, for, like, my, my birthday, like, when people put in the group chat, like, happy, happy birthday, birthday, I'm like, oh, okay. But it, it means someone. a lot more, I mean, obviously, I'm sure for everyone else, too, like, when someone, like, specifically messages you, like, mm. oh, like, happy birthday, like, in a separate message, or... So, it means a lot when someone individually, like, addresses you... Instead of, like, a crowd. Yes, or, like, like, in... Or just a feeling invited. Individually, in the sense of, like, not singling me out in a crowd, but, like, individually, like, outside of the crowd. Or, Mm. kind of, you know. Fair enough. Yeah, so... Huh. That's good to know. Um, So, yeah, shared, shared experiences, shared activities. Is there, like, 
is it sports board games like what for a guy i'm thinking in terms of our team like how would a how would someone who's a girl on our team like get to know you more is it just a matter of yeah i feel like for that maybe board games i mean yeah like i said for guys it's easier at least with aj specifically like playing video games or like me and you playing sports or something yeah even that too um for me, I, I'm more interested in the video games, though, personally. But okay, but yeah, for yeah, I would say for a girl to like a, like playing board games, yeah, in the group setting or movie night kind of things, or but. or what's the one? What's the game we played on the TV the other day? Jackbox Party ja- Pack. Yeah, Jackbox. No, I I like that. All right, fair enough. Um, I have like one or two questions left. Okay. Um. Well, this one could take a while, but you're in a relationship, mm-hmm. I believe. <laughs> yes. Unless... <laughs> no, I, don't know I am in a relationship, yes. Okay, and you met her in China. Yes. Spicy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was that like? Like, how long have you guys been dating? You could probably disclose who it is. Uh, we, Mariah is who I'm dating. Well, we will have been dating for six months in a couple days. Yeah, because um, I remember, do you remember this day in the park where I'm like, Dylan, how's your day? And this is in the summer when you're Yeah, back. so that was a that was a Friday. So we went on our first date that Tuesday. We made it official. And I think it was, maybe it was a Thursday. Thursday or Friday. Pretty sure it was a Friday. I don't remember those days. But, but yeah, no, I remember that. Because it was just, at the time, it was just You remember it because you're in love. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh no, you were, like, at the park, and I'm like, Dylan, how are you? You're like, great, I have a girlfriend. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa. I haven't, at that point, I hadn't, like, talked to you for yeah. a year or whatever. And then, It's not quite exactly how I said it, but. Okay, how did you say no, that? No, I'm, I'm just saying, I was probably more indirect. I was just like, oh, good, I started dating someone. Like, Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay, anyways, funny. yeah. Um, I just don't want the listeners to think I'm that bold of a person to be like. Well. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, yeah, that was the second. That was our second date that day, like later after that picnic. Okay. Um, so six months that would have been July, May. Oh, May. Yeah. Okay. So you met her in China. Yep. So we met. We were in different parts of the of the city we were in, so didn't really see her a lot. Um, but. I mean, you know, I thought I thought she was cute, and we had similar interests. Lord of the Rings, and like um, immediately, you're like, "Oh, she's cute," and then you started talking, and then yeah, like, I mean, it was there was some interest, you know, and again, like I said, like I had we were in different parts of the city, so I barely I didn't oh. have much time with her, so it wasn't until like just later on in the fall over time, where, yeah, where I was like, "Oh, I kind of like this girl," but I also still don't know much about her. Oh, um, okay, and like yeah, we had. We had a couple, you know, different retreats where I got to spend time with her more, and so, but it also didn't feel like a, a real possibility too, because like I was in the process of deciding between staying in the city or going home, mm. and so I was like, I don't want to pursue something if I'm going home. She can't even date because there's a nine month policy on the team because she's new. So it was like a waiting game, <laughs> mm. and then next thing you know, we were fleeing the city together and. We were in a new city together, and then we were in 
a little bit later, a couple days later, we were in a new, a new country together. And yeah. we were, like, self-quarantining in, like, a little, like, basically quarantine groups is what we call them. So we just got, like, a, we got to spend a lot of time together, too. Um, and, yeah, then we just, you know, we started talking, too, like, texting a lot. And so, and it was just later on, it was really obvious that we liked each other. But, again, there was that policy, so we couldn't start dating until... Sure. May, but at, th- at that time we were back in the States. Um, yeah, and then at one point I was talking with Clint, and he he asked me how things were going. I was like, I, I basically, I was like, things are going well. I just don't know when the official, like, nine-month day is over. Or Yeah, yeah. And then he told me, he's like, oh, it's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, Yahoo! I was like, oh, boy. Like, there was something a lot more fresher there. I was like, oh, so now, like... Oh, it's on it's, you, yeah. I'm like, okay, now I can... Like, before it was... I mean, it, I'm glad it's over, you know? Right, right. But it's, it was just suddenly, it was like, oh. Like, Decision I have to time. ask her out. Yeah. You know, like, so... Were you, like... When you asked her out, was it just like, I don't know if she likes me? Or were you like, no, I no. think she... No, it was pretty obvious. Okay. But it was still, you know, scary or nervous. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, and so we also... So we made it official on our first date. Mm-hmm. Because we had been, like, Already. talking for a long time. and Yeah. Yeah. So, what, uh, other than, I mean, you guys are both, like, passionate followers of Christ and overseas workers. What were some other, like, interests or, like, or are interests? I mean, you said Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. Uh, she knows Spongebob pretty well. Oh, that goes a long so, way. So, it goes a long way, yeah. <laughs> Anna doesn't know any, but that's okay. That's too bad. Yeah. Um... Yeah, we actually, uh, I remember, uh, I think, this winter break, or sometime in the winter, we watched Lord of the Beans, which is a oh, veggie tale. I was going to say, it sounds very... It's really funny. It's really good. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of room for puns in there, too. It's something <laughs> she really enjoys. And then Lord of the Rings, you enjoy. So that was, like, one of the... That was one time we were able to hang out, like, separately, mm. when, it, when we were still in the country but yeah sure huh. so those are yeah those were the initial interests i think there and um we both also kind of like we like to quote movies a lot and hmm. that was one thing that was kind of, it was a struggle for me on the new in the team over there was a lot of people just didn't get my sorry didn't get my the movie, movie, quotes. movie quotes and then she she felt a similar feeling with her roommates and so and, it was kind of a bonding moment there yeah <laughs> You but. guys are like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just look across the way and you're like, you understand. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm probably romanticizing it more than <laughs> you're comfortable with. Uh, yeah, what are some of your favorite things to do together? Uh, we like to watch TV shows. Um, are you into so any right now? We're watching 24. I've already seen them all. Um, mm. This is our first time watching it, so... Watching that, um, we just started up Rest of Development. We both have already seen that. We also really like The Office. Um, we have a big movie list we're trying to get through, we're trying to watch movies through. Um, but, yeah. Um, like movies you've both seen, or is it just like... A mix. It's oh. like movies that I, that I like, that I want her to see. And Vice versa. Maybe. Yeah, so. Mm. That's, I feel like that's what we do the most, is <laughs> watch movies together. Um but we'll try playing games too and i like rollerblading so 
she'll rollerblade sometimes. Um, might not be her favorite thing to do, but I, uh, she'll do it. yeah, I appreciate that she does that. <laughs> hmm. Uh, that's cool. No, you guys look great together. Um, so what I, I actually didn't include this in okay. this, but the questions I sent you, but what are some like virtue, like what are some virtues that she has that you like really admire? Um, she likes to think deeply about things, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like when I talk about movies, this compliment, like, I feel like we were complimentary because she likes to analyze the themes of movies more mm-hmm. or like what the, what the meaning of the movie is, what the producers, whatever are trying to say while I kind of look at like plots and cinematography and those are the things I enjoy more, but mm-hmm. I do enjoy the themes. So that's like, and it's not just with movies, it's like with just other things, like just asking more intentional questions and deeper analysis of things, um, hmm. critical thinking. Really appreciate that that about her. Um, her creativity as well. Um, and does she like? Does she do paint like Anna, or is she like? Yeah, I know she, she has. She a... likes to paint. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know she has a violin too. Yeah, she... she really she really likes music. Um, and. Yeah, uh, I also think she's pretty wise and hmm. mature as a Christian and loves Jesus, and those are those very are attractive good. qualities, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Uh, I have some other questions, but I don't know if I should ask them here. <laughs> I can ask you later. Okay. Um, all right, I have one final question, then we can wrap up and stuff. Um, so right now, I mean, there's just a lot that's not going well, or just like in terms of planning and being overseas and stuff, but like right now in this time, like what character trait of God is most meaningful to you right now? Yeah, it might sound a little cliche, but it's a character trait of God, so it's not really, no. uh, I would say sovereignty, um, hmm. Just because I've seen, like, this is a time that's hard for everyone in their struggles and in different, many different ways. And I've seen, like, how God has been able to use this time specifically for good in different ways. Um, both, like, the house churches overseas and mm-hmm. the blessing of the relationship I have. Mm. Um, but, yeah. And also in the past, um, like, I mentioned that my parents got divorced and, like, I've seen how God has brought healing through that and maturity and growth and like my parents walk with him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I think those things kind of help me to see God's sovereignty and just to have that trust in him, especially during this time where we're like, I'm not sure where we're going to go, when we're going to go. Um, mm-hmm. but I, it, it helps, you know, I just, know that God is in control of everything and Hmm. um and like I said right now I feel very blessed um and so while you know like things might even get harder um hopefully I'll be able to continue to remember that and hold on to that 
Mm. Knowing that God's working everything for good. Mm-hmm. Romans 8, <laughs> 28, I think, right? Yep. It's a strong passage to hold on to. Huh. Well, that's cool. I mean, that's even cool you can see, even now. You know, it's not ideal for some areas, but there's other things that, like, you know, just unexpected blessings that you probably didn't foresee. Mm-hmm. Which is probably one of the cooler parts of god all right well cool thanks for joining dylan appreciate having you and thanks uh, for inviting me yeah we'll see you later hey guys thanks for joining and i hope you had a lot of fun listening to me and dylan talk just a little bit about his backstory and yeah, just his own faith. My plan is to have another podcast episode same time next week. Could get complicated because my friends are quarantining with the COVID. So be careful out there. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. And God bless you wherever you're at. Thanks again.